Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I'm talking about part of a verse from Romans 8, specifically Romans 8, 9. People who are Christians often swing one of two extremes. Either they're told never to doubt their salvation, that it's the devil trying to get them to doubt. Or they're told to always doubt their salvation, that it's arrogant to think we can be sure and secure. Now, neither of those extremes are correct. And neither of those extremes are profitable. So let's use Romans 8, 9 as a launching off point for today's blog. It says, Romans 8, 9, however, if you are, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So first, the Holy Spirit indeed is the presence of God himself, Jesus Christ, the spirit, in a true Christian soul. Now, isn't that amazing? God dwells with us, but he is also dwelling in us. Sometimes what I think about, as an aside, I've often wondered, like, where? Is he dwelling in every cell of a person? But then what about the cells that die and slough off? God can't die. Is he in our soul, which is where? Located in one certain spot in our biology, like the brain or the heart? I don't know. I think about these things. Because the answer is not available or is beyond my finite mind, I shrug and move on, uttering prayers of thanks in gratitude for him dwelling in us. Now back to the verse, Paul in the Romans verse said, if the spirit is in you. He wouldn't have said that if every person who thought they were saved was actually saved. Paul said if again in verse 11. Sadly, it is possible for a person to profess Christ, but not possess him. Thus, not being in the spirit, as Paul said, or not saved. A person in the spirit will display inward and outward evidence that he is slaying his corrupt desires. He will show evidence that he is holy. Even newcomers to the faith will begin to show that their affections have changed. Inwardly, the possessor of the spirit will notice his conscience was is pricked at things it was never bothered by before. Like if he used to swear, his profanity will start to feel bitter coming out of his mouth. If he used to drink, then fire water will be as gall now. If he hated reading God's word, he will now delight in it. In just the verses prior to verse 9, Paul had warned, quote, 
for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. It, it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That was Romans 8, 6 to 8. A possessor of the spirit, if in fact the spirit dwells in them, will not be hostile to God in any way. The true Christian will be generated by the spirit upon justification. He goes from death to life, from salt water to fresh water, from thorn to rose. In Romans 7, 17, Paul had argued that people disobey God's law because of the indwelling power of sin. And here in, in chapter 8, he asserts that the indwelling and empowering presence of the Spirit helps believers to resist the flesh and to please God. That last little sentence was from the Faith Life Study Bible from Lexham Press. Now, let's look at the verse immediately to verse 9 again. Paul said, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, a professing person, but not a possessing of the spirit person, can't please God. Just can't. And this is the main reason the writers of the New Testament advised so strongly to stay totally away from false teaching and wolves that teach falsely. Mark and avoid, Romans 16, 17. They are ravenous and out to shred you, Matthew 7, 15. They are under a curse, Galatians 1, 8. They are clouds without water, alluring but deceptively empty, Jude 1, 12. If you enjoy the teaching of a teacher that many strong and solid Christians have marked as false, you might be in the flesh because all false teachers' doctrines appeal to the flesh. So says Tim 2 Timothy 4.3. So let's make a contrast. A person who professes Christ but does not possess him will display unaltered affections and Enjoy teaching that appeals to the flesh. Contrastingly, a person who does have the spirit will evidence altered affections that are holy and righteous and enjoy teaching that honors and exalts the Lord. If a person comes to you and says, I don't see the fruit in you, maybe it's time to check your salvation or something of that nature, don't immediately discount the statement. It could be a friend trying to help you. As the proverb says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27.6. So it's good to check yourself once in a while, take a self-assessment, Examine your sanctification to see if there's been progress. I mean, how many times have we heard stories of people who grew up in church, who proclaimed Christ, prayed a prayer, 
only to suddenly realize at some point they were never really saved? That happens a lot. Todd Friel himself of Wretched Radio um, actually went so far as to study to become a pastor, but he wasn't saved at that time, but he didn't know it. He was eventually saved at a later point, praise God. So don't dismiss the gentle nudgings of the conscience or a friend attempting to bring the light. It might actually be true that the spirit is not in you. Alternately, it does a body no good to continually doubt. While Jude 1.22 says to have mercy on those who doubt, James is careful to remind us that continual doubting in weak faith is not admirable. He says in James 1.6, For the person who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. One who continually doubts is only looking at himself, really, and not Christ. Ultimately, one reason the Spirit dwells in us is to assure us that we are his. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Spirit will secure our faith to the rock, and then he will assure us. Though occasional self-assessment is good, we always go forward in faith and trust that we are one of his children. Finally, let's remember number one of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I posted some links at the end of the blog for further um, reading. One of them is called A Believer's Assurance, a free booklet. Now, the offer to the free booklet ends today, August 22nd, but it'll be available, I think, for a dollar or two, or maybe even a PDF free download later. The blurb to this free booklet from Grace to You Ministry says, Many Christians lack assurance of salvation, the confidence that their sins are truly forgiven and that their place in heaven is eternally secured. Why is that? Why are so many believers plagued with doubts about the genuineness of their faith? And how can you be certain about your eternal destiny? Once again, that's from gty.org, a Believer's Assurance free booklet. Alastair Begg also has a devotional at his um, website, Truth for Life, called Searching for Assurance. So examine your salvation and then be assured that it is genuine and then go forward in trust, evidencing the proof of this assurance by altering your affections, living righteously, and praising God all the way. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.